Welcome to the Fish House Nation podcast presented by Catch Cover, your home for ice fishing news, tips, stories, and strategies. And now, your host, Chris Larson. Hello and welcome to the Fish House Nation podcast. Once again, joined by my good friend, Blake Tollison. And today we are going to be talking about walleyes. We're going to start with Malax, and this is something that, uh, boy, it's always a, a big debate. Uh, you know, you can go to the Johnson's Portside Facebook page, and Steve will let you know what he thinks. Uh, he's always got uh, a lot of opinions on this, and if you like to see a lot of opinions, go and check it out. It'll give you a nice long video, and you'll you'll hear all about it. Um, but they they've changed the regulations uh, for this falls fishing. And these regulations are going to go into effect September 1st. Blake, I'll let you kind of let us know what's happening up there. Yeah, so it's a kind of a, a final change here that we've been waiting for for, I mean, a lot of people have been waiting for it for years and years. So um, still only one fish, but what they're doing is they're <clears throat> kind of widening that slot. So from 20 to 23, you can keep a fish. Or if it's something over 26 inches, you can keep a fish. Um, it's, it's a step in the right direction. I mean, I don't think it's perfect, but to me, it's a step in the right direction to show that eventually we'll hopefully be able to keep more than one wall in Mille again. Yeah, it's, uh, it's been a tough situation. Uh, it was, or it was expected to be, uh, 21 to 23. They went to 20 to 23 and then it was supposed to be, uh, anything over 28 and they moved it to anything over 26. Uh, the folks at the DNR say that this is, not a reflection of how many walleyes in the lake. They're not saying that there's more walleyes than what they expected. Uh, what they're saying is that the, it's just been a tougher bite, and they're they're blaming it on forage, which I guess is a good thing as well. You want forage in your lake, yep. um, but uh, saying that uh, there's just a lot of food out there for them, so they're not they're not biting, and they're not uh, the harvest isn't what it, they expected. Uh, they're saying that these walleyes are. Eating an abundance of yellow perch, which I think that's a that's a good sign too. I mean, if you can't go out there and catch walleyes, it sure is a good good time to go out and catch some perch. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, growing up not far from there, I remember fishing perch out there all the time, and I've seen a handful of perch like the last year that kind of resemble the Malax perch of the past. So that's a good thing. Um, obviously, it gives the walleyes something to eat. Um, you know, one thing I did find interesting with this is. They, they did say they don't expect, obviously, that there's going to be an increased number of catch. Um, like, they're not expecting that there's, you know, this many more walleye, like you said. So, we're not going to be catching more likely. It's just that you're going to have a better chance of catching a keeper now with these new new slot limits here. Yeah, I think, you know, it's just been a weird deal out there. You can go out and relax and the bite is right and just be absolutely pounding them. Um, so, yeah. it's one of those, one of those lakes that... Um, you know, if you want to go out and get a, a good picture of you with a big walleye, there probably isn't a better place in Minnesota to go than Mille Lacs. Um, but, you know, if you want to get a fish fry, there, there probably isn't a worse place to go, go than Mille Lacs. It's just kind of one of those, exactly. one of those weird deals, but uh, plenty of fish in the lake. Yeah, there is. And it's, I mean, it's a really fun fishery. Like if you just want to go catch fish, I haven't personally been there in a couple of years, but I, have spent a lot of time there in the last 10 years and there's a lot of walleyes to catch out there so if you just want to go have fun and catch them you can kind of catch them how you want which is 
unique about Mille Lacs. <clears throat> and that's to me is one of the reasons why it's such a draw. It's close to the Metro and you can catch fish however you want. You know, you're not forced to use a jig during this time of year. You're not forced to use a, a Lindy rig or a, <clears throat> a rig during this time of year. Um, you can kind of catch them how you want, depending on where in the lake you're at. So it's kind of unique in that aspect. Well, each year the state and eight Ojibwa bands determine the harvest regulations on Mille Lacs. And that's, that's kind of where all of the controversy comes from is there's just so many different user groups. You've got the state, you've got the tribes, and you've also got, you know, the resort owners and the people who want to use the lake. And it's kind of this, this thing where there's just so many people that want different things out of the lake. And uh, it, it just kind of becomes, again, this is why we get all this controversy and why there's people that say what they say about the lake. And it's uh, it's a really difficult situation that I think people are trying to um, try to make everybody happy. And I think sometimes you try to make everyone happy. No one's happy. Yep. That's, I would agree with you completely. It's, it's a delicate balance that they're trying to do here. And I don't envy those people's positions, the ones who are trying to make these rules and make sure everybody's happy because it, it can't be an easy task. Um, and obviously somebody's going to be mad uh, when somebody else is happy. It's just kind of how it works. Um, but at least this is a step in the right direction. I hope to see that in the coming years, um, you know, they expand this more and more, give those resorts a little bit of a life again. I mean, obviously, people still are going up there, but it's sad to say that people want to keep, you know, the only reason that a lot of people do go to a place to fish is because they want to keep some, or it's a big part of the reason. So when you take that out of the equation, it takes a lot of these these customers away from those resorts and, and that local economy. So uh, <clears throat> hopefully this, you know, brings a little life back into it, and maybe in the next few years we'll see, see it get loosened a little bit more and more. Very good. The winter regulations, uh, those will start December 1st, and those are going to be announced in November, and then we'll get to have this discussion all over again in November, and it'll actually probably yep. sound a lot like today's discussion, would be my guess. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it will. Yeah, that's all goes with this topic. Yeah, we'll, we'll get with that. Well, speaking of walleyes, uh, we mentioned slip bobbers. I think it was a few weeks ago on the show, um, and, and just how effective they were, especially using... Uh, on open water using the live sonar. So we had a few people reach out uh, asking about slip bobbers and just uh, asking us to kind of talk a little bit about that. Uh, Blake, yeah. you are what I consider my resident fishing expert on the show. <laughs> uh, let's talk about a little bit about how to get started for, uh, with slip bobber fishing for walleyes. Yeah, I mean, a slip bobber, you know, a couple weeks ago we talked about jigs. Um, you know, beyond jigs, I think a slip bobber is kind of one of those really super versatile things you can use it pretty much year round i mean even when there's ice in the lakes you can still drop a, a bobber through through an ice hole so um it's it's really versatile you can use it at nearly any depth um <clears throat> you have the option of pairing it with a ton of different kinds of hooks and jigs um, certain situations you can use the plastics um uh, but a lot of times it seems like a slip bobber is paired up with a, a piece of life bait whether that's a, a leech a night crawler or a minnow um, it just, it's an extremely, extremely effective rig. Um, and you know, you mentioned, let's talk about it for walleyes, but it really works for everything. I think about uh, a lot of the panfish stuff I do, especially during certain times of the year, it's really hard to beat a slip bobber setup for crappies or bluegills. Um, <clears throat> so the, the rig itself is extremely simple. Um, 
Basically, it includes a bobber stop, which goes on first, a bead, followed by a bobber, um, and then split shots, and then a hook or a jig, I guess, whatever you want to put on the bottom. <clears throat> and sometimes if you are using a jig at the bottom instead of a hook, I would get rid of the uh, split shots altogether. Um, and really the advantage to a, <clears throat> uh, to a slip bobber over a lot of other setups is you can just set it at whatever depth and it's going to stay at that depth. There's nothing additional you have to do, which is kind of the, the best part about a slip bobber. You want it set at 20 feet, you set that depth at 20 feet and it's going to stay there. Um, unless something happens to that, that notch or something, it's just going to stay there. So it works really well for, <clears throat> for fishing a specific depth. Yeah, bobber fishing uh, is really simple. It's really effective. But when you get out over those deep weeds and, and kind of just deep structure, it's difficult to fish with a regular bobber because you've just got so much line at the end. So this allows you to have all the advantages of bobber fishing, but it allows you to fish deep water and not have a whole bunch of line at the end. You know, one of the other problems with doing that, not only casting, but also just trying to reel those fish in and bring them to the boat if you've got, you know, 15 feet at the end of a bobber. So with that slip bobber, you're going to just reel in that bobber stop will go right into the spool while everything else, you know, stays pretty close to the hook. So uh, it's just super, super simple. and It just allows you to get out over that deep structure and fish over that deep structure without creating a huge mess uh, when you're casting or when you're trying to reel a fish in. Right. And, I mean, to be honest, there isn't um, a more, like, fun way to fish, in my opinion. I, like, you can jig, you can troll. You, I mean, there's a million different ways to catch walleyes. But there's something just – it kind of takes you back to being a kid, like sitting off the end of a dock and fishing for bluegills. But instead of bluegills, you're catching walleyes. Um, and, and a lot of times you're out and maybe in, like, the, the middle of a lake fishing a, a small rock pile or something <clears throat> or uh, the edge of a, a mud flat. Um, and it's just something special about catching walleyes on slip bobbers. Um, I don't know. It's one of my favorite ways to fish when I can get away with it. Yeah. I think it's one of those things that, that people, um, I think got away from it because they thought it was kind of, kind of maybe childish or kind of just too yeah. primitive, but the last, you know, we've been having the, these walleye tournaments, uh, you know, the, the uh, NWT championship is on Lake Erie next weekend. I don't think you'll see a whole lot of slip bobber action out there, but a lot of these other events that they've had leading up to the championship were won by slip bobber anglers. And I think people are seeing and remembering just how effective and just how fun it is, and, and it's it's coming back. Yeah, it is it is really hard way to, to beat, in my opinion, um, especially if you can get away with some night fishing. A little lighted slip bobber action is it's a ton of fun. Yeah. And the other thing I'll say, you know, you're going to experience this really soon, Blake, uh, taking, taking the kids fishing, you know, to adjust a, a regular bobber, you know, a lot of times kids have a hard time pulling that spring back and moving the line and everything else. Very, very easy. So if you take kids fishing, uh, slip bobbers are a really good way to go because if they want to adjust the, the depth, it's super easy. They can do it themselves. Uh, just one less thing that, that, you as the the captain out there has to deal with. Uh, it's very simple yes. to teach a kid how to move a slip bobber and change that depth. So that's another thing to think about when you're going to go out and do some fishing. Yep. Um, one thing I did want to mention is in terms of kind of rod setup for slip bobbers. Uh, typically, I would you know opt towards something a little bit on that longer end, just because you're making 
bomb cast a lot of times. It's not, this isn't typically something that happens right next to the boat. Uh, obviously, there's certain situations where it does. But when you're making long casts, you want to be able to pick up as much line as possible. So something seven foot to even eight foot or more. Um, and then you want something that transitions somewhat relatively quick. So I like a fast, extra fast action. Um, and then for walleyes, I typically go with a, a medium light powered rod. So that fast action just allows you to load up onto the rod a little bit quicker and allows the little bit quicker hook sets. And again, I think that's, that's another good thing. Uh, if you've got youngsters in the boat to uh, allow that, that hook set to happen pretty quick. And I think it's a good thing when you have old guys that aren't paying attention, maybe looking at their phone too. So. <laughs> yep, <laughs> that's exactly for everybody. it. All right, Blake, uh, do you have anything else this week? Uh, I don't think so. Thanks, Chris. All right, thanks to everybody for listening, watching. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to the Fish House Nation podcast presented by Catch Cover. For more ice fishing content, visit our blog at catchcover.com.